Welcome to... Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets Antenna Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. If it's a Monday, you know what we're talking about on this show. Another ATP Challenger-centric episode from Crack Rackets contributors Damian Kust and Jakob Barbaro. On today's show, the guys discuss the Poznan wildcard fiasco, revisit their thoughts from last season about two of the rising stars on tour, Alex Mokan and Lucas Klein. They discuss Pavel Chias's penchant for bad draws and so much more. It is another fantastic episode that we know all of you listeners are going to enjoy. Of course, there's so much happening right now across levels in the tennis world. The 2022 Division I college tennis season now officially in the books. Of course, it was such a pleasure for me to have the opportunity to be on the broadcast for those final few weeks of the season to be there when the 2022 national champions were crowned. And of course, we'll be recapping the action in Champaign this week on the show. It's going to be John Parsons and the GOAT, Colette Lewis, joining me to put a final bow on this conversation college tennis season. And of course, with that going on, uh, certainly wouldn't shock us if you were distracted from the challenger action. Of course, above it all, there's the year second Grand Slam happening right now at the French Open. And of course, as I was in Champagne, unfortunately did not have the time to watch the French Open with the depth I needed to talk about it the way I wanted to, to all of you listeners. Fortunately, I've had the opportunity to play catch up. And here on Monday, it's a two mini break Monday over on that podcast feed to catch up with all of the action. We're about to have our quarterfinal set in both the men's and women's singles draw. We've already released an episode of Gil Gross and myself breaking down the men's draw. It'll be me riding Han Solo to discuss all of the women's action. If you are looking to catch up on the 2022 French Open, our website, crackrackets.com, or the mini break podcast feed is the place for you. But of course, you came here uh, to this show to hear about the latest developments on the ATP Challenger level. And of course, a credit to Damian and Jakob for staying focus, staying engaged, and keeping us all apprised on the latest developments at that level. Of course, so frequently we see players from the challenger level make these meteoric rise, such as Ahoga Runa, who if you were watching the the former world junior number one compete at the challenger level over the past 18 months, you saw this potential for stardom in his game. Certainly, it may have manifested itself a bit quicker than any of us expected, but that's why you stay locked into the challenger tour. That's why we're so grateful for the work of Damian and Yaku. Of course, the other people we are immensely grateful to is our friends over at Turner who have supported this Great Shot podcast feed for so long and continue to provide tennis players everywhere with the best equipment in the business, whether it be racket grips, strings, so much more. You name it, they've got it. If you'd like to learn more about what Turner can offer you, you can contact them today by emailing sales at uniquesports.com. You mentioned we here at Crack Racket sent you, which of course we would immensely appreciate. They'll hook you up with free samples, hook you up with discounted prices treat you like family. Again, to learn more about our friends at Turner, contact sales at uniquesports.com or, of course, Turner, uh, purchase Turner products wherever you buy your tennis goods. Hopefully, that's, of course, at Tennis Point. With all of that said, uh, let's get to it. Another fantastic ATP Challenger breakdown from Cracked Rackets contributors Damian Kust and Jakob Babro. Westoff, roll those credits. Let's get to today's show. Hey, Cracked fans. We are so excited to be welcoming our friends at Turna back to this show as a supporting sponsor moving forward. Now, of course, all of you tennis fans know Turna Tennis for their world-famous Turna Grip, that iconic 
purple color grip you see on the rackets of so many different professional tennis players. But did you also know that they make the tackiest grip in the world? That's right, folks. The brand new Turna Tennis Mega Tack Grip. It's the tackiest grip on the market. It starts tacky and simply put, stays tacky longer than any other grip you'll find out there. And if you tell your opponent, what do I use on my racket? I use the Mega Tack. You're going to be attacking with that Mega Tack from start to finish. If you've seen anything we do at Cracked Rackets, you know I'm a hairy guy. As you can imagine, I sweat when I play. The only grip that works for me is the Turna Tennis Grip. Of course, the Mega Tack taking things to the next level. How can you get yourself hooked up with a Turna Grip today? It's simple. You're going to either find it wherever you buy your tennis goods or you can email them directly by emailing sales at uniquesports.com. That's sales at uniquesports.com. You mentioned Crack Rackets sent you in the email. We would greatly appreciate that as they let you, them know that we sent you there. But more importantly, you'll get a free sample and they'll treat you as family moving forward. Again, you email sales at uniquesports.com. You mentioned Crack Rackets. You get the free sample. You get hooked up with our friends at Turner. Once you use a Turner Grip, you're never going to turn anywhere else. Of course, again, ask them about the Mega Tack, the tackiest grip on the market. Contact sales at uniquesports.com and get started with our friends at Turn to Tennis today. Hello, uh, welcome to the next episode of the Challenger 2 podcast. Obviously, I'm once again joined my friend, by my friend Jakub, and we're going to start from the draft week where he beat me. So in terms of Ron Garros, you're up 2-0. and zero. Yes, um, and it was all about the first pick, really. Yeah, it was about uh, rock, we, paper, scissors, right? I mean, yeah, yeah that, it that, literally that, decided the, this thing, which is, I guess, a little bit frustrating, but... Well, yeah, I mean, whoever was going to get Zapatamirayas, he was the consensus number one. Um, and, and he got 24 points, which was more than I think either was expected. Yeah. For him to get to the fourth round, some great wins uh, over Fritz and then, and then Isner. And he played uh, Zverev close for for at, at, at least the two sets that I saw. It, it was it was very tight. Um, yeah, incredible week for him. He gets to break the top 100 for the first time. Uh, which I'm, I'm not sure if we necessarily saw for him coming soon because he was a bit deeper. Uh, he, he he wasn't necessarily in that upper upper echelon. I think it was like 131 or something. Uh, that that was his ranking coming in. But yeah, incredible from Zapata Mirais. But yeah, who where, where, where do you think it went wrong for you in in this game? Not winning rock paper scissors. I mean, literally <laughs> whoever. I'm actually pretty satisfied with my choices because everyone I uh, had scored the point, which was cool. You had like. Four zeros, something like this. Four zeros, I had, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, and you still won, and and I mean, it was really about the Zapata Mirales pick. Uh, let's be let's be honest, uh, mm-hmm. but I am happy with Ugo Carabelli taking a match. That was exactly why I had him as my as my second pick. Maybe Borges didn't pan out exactly, but I can't really be you know, I can't really be angry at him. He played four sets with Kachanov, pretty high quality. Like that, that was what I what I expected. Uh, I, I don't have the list right now. Who was the other guy? Agoyo. Uh, he actually like had the intentions of saving me, uh, but well, uh, I, I guess I got lucky here there as, uh, with Tabilo withdrawing. So Goyo played Genesi. He was probably a slight favorite there, uh, and then he also took a set of Krajnovic, which was which was pretty cool. But by the time Zapata Miralesh defeated Fritz, I I already knew that it was long gone because you had three guys who who won first round. 
So uh, I probably needed collage to 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 lose to have to to have him. Yeah, but as you, as you said, Zapata Mirage getting twenty four points is just insane. I, I I remember thinking that he could beat Fritz. So I think I was just uh, mostly thinking of him getting sixteen points or maybe nine or ten if he takes a set of Fritz but doesn't. <laughs> yeah, but it, when when one qualifier is. Uh, like a huge favorite in his first round, and then he also has a very winnable round two, then I guess that's meaning that this one is a very, is a peak you you really need to get if you you want to win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it was all about him, really. I feel like Tank for you uh, didn't quite pan out. He he obviously came very close against Souza in in a five-set match. Um, but yeah, you know what? Like, obviously, at Blancano, Zepieri, Ofner, and Fredangelo all take zeros. Uh, I, I failed the, the second half of the draft, really. But my first half of the draft, even outside of Zepatimiraez, I'm very happy with picking uh, Zdenia Kolaj and, and Jason Kubler. Obviously, Kotov didn't quite play Van de uh, as as close as, as I thought he might. Um, but yeah, on the whole, very, very happy with it. It was a good time, yeah. Yeah, collage was incredible in that City Pass oh, match. Yeah. I think we're both like really happy that uh, that we saw Zdenek Collage play something like this. He became a bit of a cult hero on this show due to his double skills. But I mean, other than <laughs> that, I think we we also mentioned a lot of times that the comparison with Ferrer and like how uh, how much effort you can see that he that he's putting in on the court and obviously not not really having that much potential. But maybe we actually have to give it a, a second thought. That forehand yeah. against Tsitsipas, what the hell was that? That was yeah, in- incredible match. Um, against Tsitsipas, obviously Tsitsipas had struggled in the in the match before as well. Uh, but for Kolaj to come out there, first of all, I was very impressed with how he held his nerve against Puy, uh, just because it must have been a very difficult atmosphere for for Kolaj to play in. Uh, but yeah, to, to then go out there and go at Tsitsipas and and dictate uh, the the match like that against a, a top five player, <laughs> insane, yeah. Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts that we have on, on any of the qualifiers? No, I think we can go to Troisdorf or Vicenza, wherever you want to start. Yes, let's start in Troisdorf, where we have Lukas Klein winning his <laughs> first college title as a qualifier. 84 points for him. He beat uh, Zizou Berg's 6-2-6-4 in the final. It does wonders for his ranking. Moves up 85 spots, number 242, very close to... Where he where, where, where he was before the injury and stuff, I think he made like two thirty six. Um, yeah, his route he started with beating Pavel Chiash, and that was the only set he dropped all week. Then he beat Hadi Habib, Facundo Mena, got a retirement from Nikola Kuhn, uh, and then Grenier, Squire, and Zizou Bergs in the final. Yeah, what did you make of Klein here? Yeah, I've been bringing this story up a lot of times, but last year there there was this guy who's apparently disappeared of tennis Twitter. I recently checked him and uh, yeah, his name was Jan. He was Dutch and uh, he was constantly asking us questions for the pod, which was great. By the way, if anyone, anyone listening, uh, you can absolutely do that and we're going to reply. And he was asking a lot of questions. And one of them was about Slovak tennis because he knew Jakub was Slovakian. 
and he asked about the potential of Molten and Klein and which one of them do we think is, you know, has the higher upside? And I think we both replied Lukas Klein, yeah. which uh, kind of makes us look like idiots. I think well, no one really could foresee how good Alex Molten was going to become in just a year, how much his game is going to develop, how much more weapons he has now, mental, mentally, how he's so much better. Uh, but I also don't really feel like an idiot because I think Lukas Klein is, you know, may maybe he's not going to be in the top 50 or something, but I think he, if healthy, he's still going to rise, rise up the rankings a lot. He slowly got the quality, huge serve, huge forehand, the, the backhand was super solid. I love how he plays to the net a lot. And, and, and honestly, just had a lot of fun watching this guy this week. It's a shame that he had his very good season in 2021 cut off by the by the wrist injury, but now that he's back healthy, I think from the very beginning of this comeback, he was actually doing quite well, right? It wasn't like he came back like team for a few matches, yeah. but I, I think his level was actually very decent from the from the very beginning, even though he wasn't, maybe even didn't make through the quality, through the qualities a couple, well, maybe one time, a couple of times, because in Australia he was a lucky yeah. loser. Yeah, but but I mean, it, it, it really weren't bad losses for Eitek, O'Connell, Novak, Rosenkrantz in Ostrava, where he where he had this fantastic run, Mate Valkus, Facundo Bagnis. I mean, he was, he was just constantly playing great tennis. And I do have to say one thing. Pavel Chash was the only player who took a set of Klein this week. Yeah. And Chash has been getting this all year. I'm not saying he, he's definitely not playing as well as he was in Szczecin uh, last year when he beat Travalia and Kopshiva. But I mean, the draws that he's getting, Moleker first round in the futures, Medjedovic second round in the futures, Arnaldi twice very early. It is simply ridiculous. Misolic second round in the futures. I mean, it, he's just constantly getting the, the best players and they, they go on to win the week, the, the whole week. Actually, for three of his most recent losses, uh, the guy he lost to won that tournament. And the, the, the fifth most recent loss Chash has was against Moleker, who was the runner up. Yeah, that's 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 really tough. Uh, there's nothing you can really do about that. Just keep going in there every week and see who see, 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 see who you get with the draw. But that is yeah, really bad luck for for Chash. Um, yeah, as for Zizubert, it was his fifth challenger final. He moves up 26 spots, number 174. His road started also against Molaked, had to save a match point in the second set. Uh, then he beat Stricker, Sells, and Safulin in the semis before losing to Klein here. Yeah, any thoughts on Zizubirks? Yeah, that definitely much more topsy-turvy campaign than, than Klein's, yeah. uh, which is why I thought Klein was a slight favorite for the final. Maybe didn't expect him to be that comfortable. Uh, I guess maybe he wasn't that comfortable in the second set, but it, you know, still a straight set victory. And yeah, as you said, Berg saved the match point. I think it was like a very easy error from Molecker. But definitely at that point, I wasn't I wasn't thinking of of Berks going to the final here. I think it's his second this year, right? Uh, uh, yes, yeah. So, 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 second Draper, Draper, yeah, in some French event, yeah. But yeah, Sambruk, I think it was. Um, yeah, lost to Draper. Yes. As for the semifinalists, uh, we had Henry Squire make his first challenger semifinal. Uh, he beat Mochizuki, Fabiano, and Donskoy before losing to Klein. Uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on Squire and his sort of breakout run here? A little bit breakout. Yeah. It wasn't the toughest road. But, it wasn't the yeah. toughest, but I guess, I mean, he's definitely not like a big clay court player. I watched him today live, actually, in Poznan. We're going to get to it later. Uh, and I was thinking, 
can Henry Squire become like a Mats Morang 2.0? Like, not, not, not maybe not even in the sense that uh, he would be better than Morang, but just like, you know, a huge guy, big serve, maybe not, not, not a lefty. So uh, that, that, that's, that, that's a bit different. Uh, but I mean, uh, he's serving volleys a lot on clay. He doesn't really play a, a, a clay style at all. You know, still makes it work. He didn't today, but we're gonna, as I said, we're gonna get to it later. But I, I was just looking at this guy and thinking, like, what's keeping him from from being that sort of that 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 good as as Morang with a similar play style? But yeah, the, the hand is a, uh, is obviously the um, a key aspect of Morang's success. Uh, Squire is at for now. He's just really inconsistent, but that, there's definitely some potential there. Mm. Uh, and as for Safilin, he also made the semis here, beating uh, Michalski, 6 of 6 1, brutal. Uh, then yeah. Julian Lenz and Frederico Ferreira Silva. A bit of a surprise to see Safilin in a, in a clay semi. Yeah, yeah, for me, for me as well. I mean, the, the Michalski match was, was pretty brutal. Brutal. Then, then the next two performances just, you know, they just were okay. Uh, so it, it definitely wasn't something insane. But yeah, Safilin in a clay semi, just you know he just keeps doing this this season that he he proves that there's definitely been been some uh improvement in his game that we haven't seen in the past what five years uh because he was he was very stale for a while uh, and i guess he's not defending anything in the in the latter half of the season right so this is really like a a big top 100 chance for him probably mm-hmm. Uh, and in the doubles, we had Dustin Brown, now representing Jamaica, and Evan King uh, win, beating Yebens and Matuszewski for, for Brown. It was the first title of the year for King um, as well. Yeah, for, for both of them, the first title of the year. Matuszewski was trying to become the 22nd pole to hold a challenger doubles title, but he, he fell at the last stage. He actually had three finals already and lost in all of them, all of them with different partners as well. That's interesting. Yeah. Anything else from from Troisdorf? Probably not. We can go to Vicenza. Vicenza, where we had Andrea Pellegrino uh, beat Andrea Colarini, six one six four in the Battle of the Andreas. Oh uh, wait, and... wait, wait! We didn't mention who was our uh, who our picks were. I don't know. If we we don't or not. Okay. Yeah. I'm like. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just very oh, hilarious yeah. that she picked Andre Martin and I... she lost in the first round. But... You know I mean, what? <laughs> yes, Andre Martin did lose first round to to Yevgeny Donskoy, uh, which is yeah, it's it's concerning. I'm just gonna say it. Uh, it's it's not a good loss. You had Richard; he lost to to Yellow Cells, I think. Yeah, uh, in the second round. But yeah, my my pick was worse. Um, I mean, yeah, I I picked Richard, who was who had a very tough one against Barrios Vera, and when he won, I was like, wow, okay. Now he's got a fantastic chance to win the event. And then he lost to Cells. I actually didn't see the match, but uh, that was disappointing. Yeah, let's go to Troisdorf, yeah, where our pick yeah. was didn't even do that much better. So, Well, yeah, in, in Vicenza, we had the Battle of the Andreas, Pellegrino being the winner for his second challenger title. He moved up 38 spots, number 184. On his route to the final, it was all Italians for him. Giustino, Fonio, Maggiere, and Gicante. Uh, and then he won. Yeah, what did you make of Pellegrino here? 
if do I remember this correctly that you that you actually mentioned thinking of picking Pellegrino? I I did I did, and Jesus I said that he hasn't had enough bad results in between his uh, semis in Bordeaux or wherever it was. Bordeaux. So yeah, I was <laughs> I was pretty close to picking Pellegrino, um, but yeah, that, this is why. I mean, I, I I looked back at his results from um, you know, from the point when he won Rome last year, and obviously after Rome he had a couple of decent runs, but then had that twelve match losing streak, and mm-hmm. then reached the back to back finals in Lisbon and Naples, and then went six 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 sixteen in the next like from Naples uh, and yeah. Lisbon he went six sixteen to all the way to Bordeaux. How does this guy do it? I don't even know, but clearly his peak is insane. Just as his, yeah. you know, his valleys are also insane. Uh, yeah. He can literally look like a top six, top, top six hundred player in a in, in one match, and then I actually wonder how he would do like if he was playing ITFs, like whether whether he'd actually when he has these downs in his in his form, like whether he'd actually be losing first or second round there as well. Uh, I, I have no clue how to how to even tackle that question, but yeah, Andrea Pellegrino's done it again. He he's like a very weird. Uh, it's very weird in that sense that he's such a good ball striker when he's on, and then suddenly comes out and plays a match where nothing is in the court really. Uh, I don't know if he ever gets it together, but it was suggested to me today uh, on, on Twitter by Anthony. Uh, I don't know if he's if he if he listens to these that he maybe he can be like in the top 100 if he could ever perform at a, at a you know at a decent level at least all year and i i think that kind of makes sense yeah i mean if if he could bring this every time obviously he could uh, as, as as for the itf hypothesis i mean there are some really bad bad losses that he's taken uh like last year he had a loss to to sizzling on clay Lost mm-hmm. to Marcora. I think this year he had a bad one to who was it Hertz or somebody. Yeah, so so it's quite possible that he wouldn't even be making ITF quarters during these uh, down uh, periods that he has. But yeah, if, it's clear that if he if he would play like this week in week out, he would be getting into the into the semis and the finals every every time. Um, but yeah, it's actually uh, apparently there's there, that for him. There was an interview today with Pellegrino after he won Vicenza, and he he was talking about this and about his confidence that he can be in the top one hundred. Really? Mm-hmm. I so mean, the, every, every every single player. Says yeah. that. I mean, who comes out and says, <laughs> "I don't have potential. <laughs> All I can do is win fifteen k." No, no, no one has ever done that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's clear that he has the potential. He just doesn't have the consistency, and he's never really shown it. Um, so yeah, and until we until we see like a, a good month at least from him rather than two weeks in a row, uh, then yeah, my my opinion will remain unchanged for now. Um, as for his opponent in the final, Andrea Creatini, it was his fourth challenger final. He moves at 29 spots, number 215 on his road. He was killing everybody. Uh, Rosso, Comesana, Juan Manuel Serundolo, and Dutra da Silva. He only dropped 15 games uh, across those four matches before the final. Yeah, what, where, where do you think it went, it went wrong for, for Coyarini? Uh, that, that's kind of the same like in the uh, South American event he played recently where he was in the final. Can't remember what it was, obviously, but he, he was the runner-up there as well to Buenos Aires. Uh, to Carabelli. Ah, yeah, the, in Buenos Aires. 
And it, it's pretty much the same, that he's essentially goating all week. Uh, that, that forehand is just such an insane weapon when he's on. And then in the final, he's just you know tiny bit worse, perhaps not awful. Uh, I watched more of the final in Vicenza than, than, than in Troisdorf because I was just watching these matches on my phone and, uh, you know, in Poznan. Uh, and uh, I watched more of the, that and he wasn't like awful, but I don't think this was quite, uh, you know, the, the Andrea Cularini that we've seen this week. Even though his draw was also pretty, like, you know, pretty easy besides Serundolo, of course, although Serundolo is... Uh, yeah, still, still, still far off what we saw of him last year. Uh, but even when he beat Russell, I was like, okay, like that—that's not a weird score, but the, the scoreline itself—that's uh, pretty crazy. And and like the the way he played in this match already was was kind of suggesting that Colarini is still in this form that we saw him in a couple of weeks ago. I hope it continues because this guy has a lot of potential too. But perhaps just like Pellegrino, he he sort of plays well in three four tournaments a year. Yes, uh, and as for the semi-finalists, uh, Matteo Gigante heading, had had quite the week for himself, coming in as the runner-up in the doubles with uh, Francesco Passaro, and also reaching the semis in the in the singles. On his run, he beat Galarno, Olivo, and Arnaboldi before losing to Pellegrino, and it's his first challenger semi-final. Uh, any thoughts on Gigante? To, to be honest, I, I didn't really see much of him this week. I mean, last time I watched him, he was so raw. Uh, and it, so it's it, it's a bit of a shock, perhaps uh, an incentive for for us to check him out in Forli this week, where he's already made uh, you know went through one qualies round. Yeah, uh, definitely uh, maybe not not the highest quality wins, but still to beat Arnaboldi and Olivo is is pretty impressive. And he took a set of Pellegrino, to whom mm-hmm. we know when he's playing well, he's essentially unbeatable. So. Uh, yes, and the other semi-finalist was Daniel Dutra da Silva. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm just laughing because it's just so funny that at 33 he's suddenly making yeah. semis and uh, Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, I, I was surprised that, that he would have any success out of South America. Um, but yeah, here he is in Europe. He beat Nicolas Barrientos, Oleg Prichotko, and then Matteo Arnaldi in quite the battle, 7-6 in the third. Quick trivia um, question. Uh, when did Daniel Dutra da Silva reach his career high ranking? I, I, I assume today is <laughs> no. not going to be his career high. I mean, uh, I didn't check it, but I'm assuming that, that he's not that high up. Uh, 2009, he was 231st. <laughs> I had no idea about that. <laughs> yeah, so, so, such a long time ago. Yeah, right now he's he's not yet there, but he yeah. needs like a decent run in Poznan to do it. He would need uh, to get about 20 something points. So I think it's a, like a semi in Poznan would give him that. Yeah. yeah, probably not possible with how much how stronger how much stronger the draw is compared to Vicenza. But uh, yeah, theoretically doable. Yeah, so, so 2009, he, he was 21 years old. Yeah. Um, he, he was actually still 20 when he reached his career high ranking. That's that's crazy. I, I had no idea that he was that high before. Um, yes. How did he that. do it, right? Without even... Uh, I mean, he, he must have done it without a challenger semi because this year he, he made yeah. his first earlier in, in the event that Paul Jab won, uh, which I obviously don't remember which one it was. <laughs> 
uh, but it was definitely won by Paul Jab. And then he makes a second one. So in 2009, he, he had to do it a, in a different way. And from what I see, uh, in the ranking on the on, on May 18th, he had four ITF titles. Maybe maybe that's enough. That's, that, it's it's so crazy though that he did that without a challenger. I mean, that's weird. yeah. Uh, as for the doubles, we already mentioned Gigante Passaro uh, being the runners-up, but the champions were Francisco Comesana and Luciano Daderi, and they did it without dropping a set, including a, a pretty impressive win over Barrientos and Reyes Varela in the semifinals. Uh, so yeah, they might be a pair to watch going forward. All right, are you ready? Match of the week, upset of the week. Which one do you want to start with? Uh, I don't think I have chosen my match of the week yet, so let's start from the upset. I even contemplated Donskoy over Martin, honestly, but then I was like, nah, an upset over Andre Martin cannot make my upset of the week. Because that's not an upset. If Andre Martin wins a match, then I'm going to make it my upset of the week. Oh. So I went with Andre Chipiarev over uh, Tiago Tirante. I actually don't know if that's the correct pronunciation of this of this uh, name because I I tried to look for a transcript of you know Cyrillic or or just the Cyrillic version, but unless the player has a Wikipedia page, it's it's very hard to obtain something like this. Uh, so I don't know, but anyhow, that that kind of shocked me. I haven't, I hadn't watched him before. I only saw him, uh, you know, as a name in ITF draws uh, last year. I think he bumped into Daniel Michalski a couple of times. Uh, so this was this was quite shocking, especially as Tirante in recent weeks seemed to be picking up some some sort of form. Uh, yes, for me, I did go Donskoy over Martin because here's why: Donskoy has been horrible. He he's been absolutely rotten all year. Um, <laughs> And for Andre Martin to lose to Donskoy, I was very surprised. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously he he's had some bad losses this year, Andre Martin, but I don't think like like losing to Donskoy in straight sets is is, a, is another level still. I think uh, with with how he played in Heilbronn recently, and with how he played even in the in the Nardi loss at Grand Garros, although there he was actually pretty crap. Uh, but yeah, with how he played in Heilbronn, yeah, I, I, I agree. Mm. Right. So, who, who are you going for uh, for match of the week? Let's go. Hmm. I, I I don't really have like a like a pick that I really want to have there. I think there's definitely arguments to be made that it could be Arnaldi over Kobori, but I am going to go with Bergsmolaker. That was quite a bit of drama. <laughs> Uh, I definitely in, I'm I'm enjoying watching Molecker a lot in recent weeks. I might say something more about it in in, in pretty soon as well. But in in general, that was that was pretty high quality. It's it's surprising to me that suddenly he picked himself up. But he's just really uh, you know, he's playing like a challenger guy right now. Nice. Yeah, I admittedly watched very little of these two weeks <laughs> with, the, with the French Open and, and obviously going to America where the time zones are horrible for, for this. Um, but yeah, so I'm going with Bergs over Stricker. I think that's probably the best match that I watched this week. Um, obviously, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's pleasant to watch, even though if two of the sets were quite lopsided for, for Bergs. Um, but yeah, Strika gave it some, you know, some some jeopardy with, with, with that second set when obviously it didn't last long in the third set, but yeah. still. All right, previews time. We're previewing a lot of draws here. Uh, five to be exact. 
it's it's a huge week points wise. There's so many points on the table this week. Two hundred twenty fives, two one hundreds, and a and a post nine ninety. So there's not even a single eighty this week. Uh, do, do do you know why that is? Why why everybody like why there's so many points? <laughs> I mean, for for all I know, the the points are only price money related. So uh, I don't I don't think it's anything like I I I don't think there's anything to to be said here. Uh, next week we also have the exact same situation, right? Yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. Next week is exactly the same, but just uh, Poznan goes to Bratislava, uh, Prostejo goes to Lyon, Little Rock goes to Orlando, and etc. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's start with with Serbitin, uh, the the grass court challenger that, that we have this week. I'm so excited for this one. Love grass court tennis. Um, obviously, I, I enjoy I enjoy all the surfaces, but after having clay for so long. It's nice to have a you know the complete opposite of it, especially when you have Andy Murray as the top seed. Uh, so excited for this! He plays Yuri Rodionov, and then Radu Albot or a qualifier in a section. Then he has Brendan Nakashima playing Mark Andrea Hisler and Stefan Kozlov playing Mats Moraing. Second section: James Duckworth plays a qualifier, and then Sam Query or another qualifier. Sam Query actually has the highest grass elo out of this entire field. Um, then we have Dennis Kudla playing Alexei Popirin. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Liam Brody plays Jay Clark. Uh, third section, Sun Wukwon plays Christopher O'Connell. The winner places Alistair Gray or a qualifier. And Jordan Thompson plays a qualifier. And then Yushi Sugita or another qualifier. We had uh, Alejandro Tabilo pull out. So in this uh, final section, we have Tanasi Kokinakis as the ninth seed playing Alexander Vukic. Winner plays Paul Job or Michal Kukushkin. And then we have second seed. Adrian Manarino plays Ryan Peniston. And then Jack Draper or a qualifier. How do you like this draw here? Obviously, I wish I had more time to watch it because I, I'll be in Poznan probably just... Uh, I guess there could be a few matches that I'm going to check out on, on the phone, but, you know, it's still not not really... Uh, not really watching when you're when you when you're going from a court to a court and then still trying to check something on the phone. Maybe you no, know, uh, maybe I have something to be down there. So yeah, that, that's uh, I'm not really going to watch it a lot, sadly. But no, I I will make up for it in Nottingham and Ilkley. But yeah, this is a this is a great draw for sure. Uh, already some very interesting matches in the qualies like Virtan and Kopil, for example. This on grass could be. Like sneaky good, I think. Uh, I'm. I really want to see what Aiden McHugh will do. He actually struggled against Charlie Broom today, uh, but he sort of disappeared off the map. But with the net play that he puts in uh, on every surface, I think grass should work for him as well. Uh, there's also Herbert Belier, so that's a serve and volley matchup. Uh, obviously, Herbert doesn't serve and volley on every serve, but on grass he might. So that actually could be like a full-on classic servant volley versus servant volley matchup. I mean, when when did they ever play something like this? I mean, I, I, it, it's even possible that Belier never played someone like that. We'd have to yeah. look through his results, but who knows? Anyhow, yeah, back to the main draw. Uh, love some of these matchups like Popirin Kudla. That's on that on grass is just superb. Instantly, Kudla is obviously a grass court specialist, probably one of the very few 
in the in the game, at least on the main tour. In challengers, he's never been a grass court specialist because you only get two or three challengers a year. Yeah. Uh, Western Nakashima, I think, could be really good. I, I I remember thinking that Nakashima was going to be a beast on grass, and it didn't really happen last year. Maybe maybe it's actually going to be better now that just you know with experience, like he managed to improve on on clay. Although it's going to be harder on on grass because again you don't really get to play many tournaments. Kokinaki's Vukic uh, should be phenomenal as well. It's actually a nightmare if you don't like grass court tennis, I think. <laughs> but if you if you do, then Kokinaki's Vukic is is definitely uh, quite something. Uh, everyone is gonna look at Draper and Mari. I think this, these are like the, the the biggest names here. And in terms of who wins it, it, it's really tempting to just snap Draper. You know, he last year in Queens and also Wimbledon, the, the round one against Djokovic, he was so good. Uh, and and the the couple of wins that he had in Queens, if he brings it here. He's actually been like not playing too much, right? He even withdrew from Rangaros Collies. I don't know, not sure why. Uh, and it, unless it's some sort of an injury issue, I think he's just really scheduling wisely. So I, I, I will go for Draper. This is a little bit bold, maybe, but I, assuming that he plays as well as he did on it last year, plus the increased rally tolerance that he has this year, plus all the all the improvements that he's made, that should be a good pick. That is, I, I, I think, a pretty bold pick uh, with, with the section that he's in, obviously with, with Manarino, who's, who's a very good uh, grass court guy. He is guy. a very good grass quarter, yeah. Uh, in, in the second round that he could have uh, Kokinakis or, or Kukushkin, if he brings this game, he, he's very good on grass as yeah. well. Uh, so I don't want to pick out of that section at all. And I'll go to the opposite section and I'm going to take Andy Murray. Um, you know, he, he's, he's playing on grass, he's playing in England. Uh, I, I think that he's going to give it his all. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the draw, Rodinov is an ideal. I think Albotor qualifiers is a nice second round. This draw is just hard overall. There, there isn't really a weak section, I don't think. Maybe outside of the third, the, the, the third section is kind of weak. But even there, you have, you have Thompson, who's pretty good on grass. But yeah, Andy Murray for me, please. I actually think Jordan uh, Thompson had football. like also awful records on grass, from what I remember. And uh, but maybe maybe I'm actually mixing something up. But I remember being pretty certain that Jordan Thompson was good on grass, and then he was actually like like when I checked, uh, maybe not awful, but just I think there a lot of people remember him being well. Actually, he had a good season last year, and in 2019. Yeah, maybe it was that before the Mari, like when he defeated Mari in Queens, like everyone started mm-hmm. thinking that uh, he was excellent on grass. Uh, but I think it was just really the the last couple of seasons that we've had, 2019 and 2021 on grass when he when he started performing well. Yeah, be, before that he was. Well, he was yeah, his, his, his his grass elo is is the fifth best out of the field. Yeah, the uh, the, the last two seasons he he's actually really good on grass or actually so so yeah that changed. I think this was, uh, you know, I the, the thing I'm talking about, I probably checked it like before before that, yeah. Yeah. And quickly in the doubles, we have Philippe Polashek uh, playing with Jamie Murray uh, as, as the top seeds, which should be incredible. There's also Kokinakis and Saville as the as the second seeds. Uh, then you have like Nakashima and, and Popirina playing together, Kozlov and Kudla are playing together. So there's, there, there, there's a good 
number of pretty exciting doubles teams uh, in this draw. All right, let's go to the other 125 in Forli, where the top seed is Lorenzo Musetti, playing a team of face Katov. Uh, the winner then faces Constant Lestien or Maximilian Marterer. Then we have an interesting matchup uh, in, in, in this section. We have Koboli and Juan Manuel Serundolo. The winner will play one of the two qualifiers who play each other in the first round. Then we have Tomas Martin Echeverri playing Franco Agamenone. Winner plays Salvatore Caruso or Stefano Napolitano yet again with another wildcard. I'm sick of this guy. <laughs> Get him out of here. There's 15 under 22 Italian players who are more deserving of that wildcard. But once again, we wheel out old Stefano. Maybe his dad is the tournament director again. But I think that was in BLI, yeah. right? Yeah, I've been, I don't know why this is happening. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm happy, I'm unhappy with it. Like <laughs> there are so many more deserving players, uh, with, just within Italy. Then we have Gianluca Maguer playing Andrea Pellegrino once again. Uh, they, they played each other in the quarters uh, last week with Pellegrino coming out on top. Uh, winner plays Tomas Fabiano or a qualifier. Hugo Dalien plays Giulia Cepieri in an interesting first round. Winner plays a qualifier. Uh, Marco Cecchinato plays Andrea Coiarini. Jeffrey Blancano plays Riccardo Bonadio. And the final section, which is really the most exciting one, I think, Jaime Munar plays Alessandro Genesi, and then Borna Choric or Gastao Eliash. Taro Daniel plays Federico Gallo, and then Luca Nardi or a qualifier. Right. How do you like this draw? Yeah, another stupidly strong one. Guys like Seb of Wheels had to play qualifying, for example. I mean, he hasn't do, he hasn't been doing well, but his ranking is still okay. Um, yeah, we're we're on clay, of course. <laughs> so in the qualities, there are a few names like Arthur Fierce, for example. He kind of dropped off, I feel like, in recent weeks. In Troisdorf, he lost to Lukas Gerg, and he just really couldn't hit through the the solidness of the uh, you know, of the of the German with the one hander. Uh, I, I'm not sure if there's like really anyone who in the strength of the draw could uh, go far. There's Gulbis. a phenomenal match between Hasse and Gulbis. Like this, this, yeah. this eight years ago, this would have been such a good one. Uh, <laughs> and now, it, you know, it could make your eyes bleed. I don't know. Uh, Hasse was actually you know, fine in Shimken, so maybe... Uh, maybe Good. it's going to be better. Gulbis played uh, Kivatsev today, and I, I thought that maybe he was going to get scared that it's Karatsev after the, the 2021 head-to-head that they had <laughs> that they had against each other. But no, he he, he defeated Kivatsev. And yeah, this is another uh, excellent draw. A lot of the potential favorites have very tough first-round matches. Like Cecchinato maybe isn't a potential favorite, but he plays Cuiarini first, uh, you know, first up. Delian plays Zepieri. Uh, Munar Genesi, that's a very tough one as well. Uh, Pellegrino Mager, Echeverri Agamemnone, Koboli Cerundolo. I mean, it constantly, constantly just uh, guy, uh, big guys who could win this, but they get a very tough first round. So I don't want to pick out of them. And I think I'm just going to go with the obvious answer, Lorenzo Musetti, the top seed. Uh, you, I, I'm not saying you're going to pick him, definitely, because I think in this draw, there's really a lot of people you could go for. Uh, I, I thought of Munar, uh, but I think Pusetti is the only one out of the, of the favorites who has a first-round matchup he should just cruise in. Yeah, I'm also going for Lorenzo Musetti. I was slightly tempted by the familiar waters of Echeverri uh, with, with his draw. I mean, Agamemnon is tricky, but then Caruso Napolitano. And, That's um, easier. 
yeah, it, it, it's a it's a, it's a good draw for him, I think. But uh, Musetti, the first two rounds, I, I very much like for him. Then Koboli or Serundolo, they're not in the best form as we saw last week. Um, so yeah, have have to go with Musetti here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, and we can go to probably the weakest draw uh, that we have out of this bunch in Little Rock, um, which, which which sort of surprised me with with um, like the, the the draw really isn't filled out how I thought it would be, uh, although it makes sense with, with some of the guys like Kozlov and Gudla going over to the grass already. But anyway, we have JJ Wolf as the top seed playing Alexander Kovacevic. A winner plays Ulysses Blanche or Roberto Quiroz. Then we have Michael Mo playing a qualifier, and then Kaichi Uchida or another qualifier. Second section, sorry, second section. Christopher Eubanks plays Edgy Kirkin, and then Sebastian Fancelo or Yasutaka Uchiyama. Douglin Wu plays Zhijian Zhang, and then Nicolas Mejia or a qualifier. Jason Kubler plays Gonzalo Villanueva, and then Hiroki Moria or a qualifier. Rinki Hijikata plays Denis Yevseyev, and then Andrew, Hor- Andrew Harris or Brandon Holt. Final section, Emilio Gomez plays a qualifier, and then Christian Harrison or Ben Shelton. Altuk Chalik Bilek plays uh, Malik Jaziri, and then Donald Young or a qualifier. Yeah, who do you like here? Yeah, in the, in the qualities, there's a couple of people who already had good results in American Challengers. I am mostly thinking of guys like Spida or... Uh, maybe Nanda, even JC Aragona, but mo- I, I think I would mostly pay attention to Spida. Also, given the draw that he has, I think the, this qual is already going and I uh, haven't really checked the scores or anything. So it's possible that one of these guys whom I mentioned is already out. Well, Aragona is out, but I didn't really, yeah, I, I, I didn't mention him. But Spida is in, into a third set with uh, Belbi Jukaev, Belbi or Baby, I never know, Baby Jukaev. Uh, so that's that's pretty weird. Anyhow, yeah, uh, definitely the weakest draw. But this is the this is the challenger eighty. Uh, I I am very excited to see a few of these guys like Ben Shelton. Uh, it's it's, a, it's a challenger one hundred though, isn't it? No, it's an it's an eighty. Prostayov is the, the Prostayov is the hundred. But yeah, but but in the in the on on the draw it says one hundred. Really? So everything. So, so then everything this week is at least a hundred. No, Poznan is a ninety. Really? Yeah, yeah that, that, that's what I was saying in the beginning. That's okay. What I was okay. So that they they must have. Okay, I I did not know that. I Jesus Christ, that's that comes as a surprise for me. I don't know why. I I think I must have read it read it somewhere. It was an eighty. Uh, yeah, but it has a, the prize money higher than Prostayov even. Okay, so everything is a ninety this week even. Okay, I, I I I definitely had it in mind that Little Rock was an eighty, and it it felt right to me looking at the draw. But yeah, I I really want to see how Ben Shelton is doing because I I don't really get to watch a lot of college tennis, so uh to just check up if that game is developing as well as we as we thought it would be. Uh, again, someone like Hijikata can really take this because he he's really due a big run. 
looking at his 25k results and this draw again isn't that strong uh wolf kovacevic from the you know in the first round that's pretty sick that they that they're getting to play instantly and it, it almost makes me not want to pick wolf even though i think he already beat him this year maybe even twice or something like there was definitely a match like that recently right and um and well and i think i'm gonna go with chris eubanks uh, because the draw is pretty pretty easy, so uh, I think it makes sense. I'm not sure if I like the reasoning to go back to the States for him. Like He could actually do well on grass, and he <laughs> definitely has the ranking to make Wimbledon qualies. Maybe he's not going to play Wimbledon or something, I don't know. Yeah, so I originally also wrote down Chris Eubanks, but now I'm thinking, uh, do, I go for, do I go for Wolf here? Maybe. Yeah, I'm going to go for it. I'm going with JJ Wolf. Yeah, Kovacevic, I don't know if I'm super concerned. And then Blanjur Kiros is a very nice second round. Wolf should be beating Mo as well. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I think we'll get our boys matching up in the in the semis because Eubanks' section is, is very nice as well. Uh, it definitely looks possible. Mo maybe is a problem. Kovacevic, they played in Sarasota, so, uh, which I just checked. So so it, that's not really you know relevant in terms of Little Rock. So I guess we don't really know how this matchup will look. Yeah. All right, and now we can go to the other Challenger 100 in Prosteo. Um, as soon as I open up this draw, <laughs> uh, the top seed is Federico Coria playing Dalibor Svercina right off the bat. An interesting match, I think. Winner then faces Tiago Tirante or Yevgeny Tonskoy. Also in the section, Norbert Gombos plays Hamad Medjedovic. Winner playing Facundo Diaz Acosta or a qualifier. Then we have uh, Yiji Lehech coupling Alexander Muller. I saw somebody on Twitter saying that I should do a deep dive on the Latsko, the Latsko Pokorni match. John, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just going to say Pokorni to me is the favorite Ooh. here. Latsko on clay is just diabolical at this point in his career. It's, uh, yeah. it's really horrible. Did Latsko, didn't he like take a set of someone recently or am I coming up? No, I don't know. Yeah, let's just, just, you know, just, just, just continue. But yeah, um, Setkic, yeah, he took a set of Setkic that, this week. I mean, that's, 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 set, it's Setkic, I know. And Lachko is a slight favorite for the bookies against Pokorne. But I mean, even the fact that he's just a slight favorite against Pokorne. Yeah, I mean, against Pokorne was, they, yeah. yeah he, he has, I think, one career challenger match that he played. And, and that was in Bratislava. Um, or, or maybe he has two, I'm not sure. Anyway, Pokorni is the favorite to me. Then we have Lukas Klein playing a qualifier, and then Andrei Martin or Enzo Kwakwa. So we sort of have this Slovak corner in the second section. Then an absolute cracker of a matchup. Elias Imer plays Jombor Pirosh in the first round. Uh, very excited for this one if Pirosh is, is fit and can, can uh, really go for it. Then we have the, uh, Denis Novak or Mateo Pucinelli de Almeida. Pablo Andukar plays a qualifier and then Vít Kopšiva or another qualifier. Final section, Jiří Veselý plays Duja Ajdukovic, winner playing Filip Horansky or Vitali Sačko. Then we have Zdeněk Kolář, fresh from his French Open exploits, uh, playing qualifier and then Martin Krumich or another qualifier. So a nice draw for him there as well. Yeah, who do you like here? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking at the qualies. Actually, Petri Pericard scored a very interesting win over Giannu today. 
uh, which I was quite quite surprised about. Uh, there's probably no one who can really like get on a huge run. A couple of dangerous players who can definitely win around some place, like I don't know Calvin Emery or uh, Martin Cuevas, even or maybe Andrew Paulson has been uh, doing pretty well in Czech in Czech ITFs recently. Uh, but yeah, the, 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 hmm? <laughs> uh, I was just saying that that um, Edler won another match. Oh yeah, Edler won a match against Chuck. Yeah. Time. And pretty crazy. Uh, I didn't. I, I I wanted to check whether there were any match points, but I, I actually didn't. Uh, and Pokorny, by the way, has one main draw match in Challengers, three in total if you count qualies over in Bratislava. And um, coming back to the draw again, this is very strong, very hard to pick a winner because a lot of the the good guys play I don't know, have diff- have difficult matchups early on. Koryas uh, China. Uh, Madiedovic Gombosh, maybe this can be interesting. Madiedovic is actually on a 17 match win streak in ITFs, and wow. be- between that, he only had one loss to Jere, I think, in Belgrade, right? It was Jere who, who beat Madiedovic, yeah, I think so. Okay. Six, four, seven, five, or something like this, yeah. And uh, Elias Schimmer plays Pirosh, as you said, very interesting if Pirosh is healthy, but I think that's a big if, and it makes me not want to pick him. Uh, have no idea how Zdenek Kolasz will react to that French Open run. He was actually initially supposed to play the Polish Superliga uh, in uh, today. Uh, it was supposed to be like Polsat Sport, the, one of our main sports channels, is um, broadcasting one match every single fixture. One, not not much as a whole, but just one single yeah. single game. And they chose Kolash Rosol, but then Kolash withdrew, so it was actually Kovalik Rosol. So, so a pretty good match. Uh, anyhow, um, no idea how he will react to this. Obviously, not picking Vesely on clay. And I think I, I, I really like the idea to go for Lehechka because he just has a very easy draw. I don't necessarily trust him in terms of the consistency. Uh, but he played well against Goffin at the French, and that said, that, that section is just really weak. Besides Lukas Klein, uh, and uh, again, I think fitness could be an issue, and that's why I'm not really scared of Klein for the second week in a row, especially as Lehechka would have to play him in the quarters. Yes, I, I also initially put down Lehechka. Um, really like his section here, Muller, and then Landskor, Bokorni, and then you know Klein could be tricky, but Koako, Martin are qualified. I mean that's that's quite nice as a draw. But I don't want to I don't want to to match with you. So once again, I will match up against you, and I'm going to take Federico Coria. Uh, yes, the Svrčina Tirante Gombos uh, run just to get to the semis isn't ideal. But we have seen from him time and time again that, that he can just win these uh, European clay challengers. Um, Lajka will be tricky on that on that road, but yes, Korea for me. Okay. All right, and we can close out with uh, the event where you're at this week in Poznan, uh, where the top seed is and is Artur Rinderknecht playing Lorenzo Giustino. Winner of that faces a qualifier. Then we have Camilo Ugucarabe also in the section playing a qualifier, and then Lorenzo Olivo for another qualifier. Chung Sin Seng plays Nino Sedarusic, and then one of the two weird wild cards we have, Leo Borg or Altin Setkic. Although you, you explained well, 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 why Setkic got that one, um, but still shouldn't be shouldn't be the straw for me. Um, also in the section, Ugo Granier plays Dmitry Popko, and then the winner of that plays Dimitar Kuzmanov or a qualifier. 
third section, Daniel Elahi Galan plays Mirza Basic, winner facing Zizou Bergs or Facundo Mena. Then we have Tomas Barrios Vera or Andrea Arnaboldi facing Jerzy Janovic if he beats a qualifier, uh, which, is, which is a big if, but Jerzy Janovic is in here with the wild card. I'm really excited to watch him. Hopefully he gets himself a win, gets himself some points uh, so that we can see him keep keep playing here. Uh, Andrei Laksonen plays Nikola Milojevic. Winner faces Attila Balaj or Alexander Shevchenko. Manuel Aguinard plays, plays Gregor Barrer. And the winner of that faces Gonzalo Lama or Genaro Alberto Olivieri. Yeah. Uh, who do you like here? How did you like the first day of qualifying? Are you excited? <laughs> yeah, I'm quite excited. As I as I told Jakub before the recording, I already have to, a couple of interviews, but we're going to just put them in the in the Poznan show post Poznan show. Uh, I actually didn't even know this was the weakest challenger this week because I thought Little Rock was there. But uh, for a challenger 90 happening in the in the same time as at the same really time field, as yeah. this four, yeah, it's it's a fantastic field. I remember talking with, with a friend of mine in Ostrava and we were like, that this date is just horrible. I mean, they're, they're, they literally aren't, we also didn't realize that Little Rock was, was a hundred, but I guess, you know, not the same, it's not the same players competing really. So uh, we were just convinced that it was going to be probably like, I don't know, a few guys from the top 200, they, they would be happy to, to have it. Last year, this tournament was held in July, like a much better slot. And the top seed was Zapata Mirales, I think, uh, who won mm. it. So last year, they actually got a much worse field. Uh, why did so many players decide to come to Poznan? I'm not sure, like why Rinderneck is here, for example. That that kind of makes no sense to me, but I'm very happy they did because this field is really good still. Uh, we we As a whole, we've got 19 top, top 100 players this week competing, which is pretty wow. crazy for, for a challenger week, for sure. Yeah, and, we, and I need to start from the wildcard thing. I actually don't know if I should say this, but I mean, I overheard this conversation. So it's this guy's fault for uh, for talking too loud uh, in the in the crowds. Uh, the, the how do you call the CEO, I guess, of the Polish Tennis Federation? How do you call the guy who is in charge of yeah, the federation? I mean, that, 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 that could be it. The, the president of the Polish Federation. I guess the president. I mean, it's, it's just a different word in Polish and I don't think a prezes, which is, I, I just don't think there is a translation. I think it's like a CEO. Yeah, the, the, the guy in charge, Mirosław Skrzypczyński was in the crowds at the inauguration of the Superliga on Saturday, which was at the same venue. And he, uh, I, I overheard him saying that the wildcard situation here is a joke. <laughs> and I fully agree. <laughs> I fully agree. Uh, Leo Borg was promised the wildcard last year. He is a big, he, he, Bjorn Borg is a friend with Wojtek Fibak, who's not actually in the organization of this event, but like a big friend of it. He's there every year. Wojtek Fibak, if you don't know, that is the 1978 uh, Australian Open uh, doubles champion. He was in the finals, uh, in the final of the singles year and championships. Uh, the word number 10 before Hurkacz, he was definitely our best player. He beat Borg once in Monte Carlo, I think, and they've they've remained friends over the years. And he just invited the Borg family to Poznań last year. And they, they said that Leo is going to get another wildcard. Now that he's winning matches in futures, it's not that stupid. I mean, it, it is, it doesn't have any real, uh, you know, um, sense in terms in sports in in the sports way let's say but uh obviously last year it was even more idiotic and Setkic 
other than that, that, that he plays for Olympia Poznań, the, 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 you know, the, the challenger is held in Park Tenisowy Olympia. So Olympia Poznań is the, the Superliga club that plays there and Setkic plays for it. And that's like literally it. And the stupidity of it is that, that Zhuk and Michalski, they both had to play the qualities and the wildcards yeah. went to Bork and Setkic. It's just so idiotic with how little, you know, how few, how few challengers we have in here. And this actually extends to the qualities as well. They really screwed up there as well. Uh, I thought when I saw these major wildcards that, okay, at least the, the four qualities wildcards will go to Polish people, Polish players. And they initially announced that Kasznikowski, Orlikowski and Paliwo were going were gonna to get it. Orlikowski is injured, so he couldn't come. Paliwo got in as an alternate. So uh, uh, that one other wildcard went to Niklas Salminen, who's also playing for Olympia Poznań in the Superliga. Does that make any sense? Absolutely not. And what, 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 what frustrates me even more is that they keep pushing them even in terms of uh, the, the, like the court assignments. Really? Uh, t- tomorrow, uh, Krutik, I think, Krutik Torres is going to play, uh, are going to play on center, second up, while... On the on the first on court number one, there's going to be uh, Palivo Kravchenko and who uh, Kashnikovsky playing someone I can't even remember Moleker I think these on matches the are going to be on court one, and Krutik and Torres are going to play because Krutik plays for Olympia on center because Krutik plays for Olympia Poznan. I mean there's there's like no other reason there's no <laughs> other reasoning. Today he also got center playing Niklas Salminen, so they were also uh, filled there. And on the on the other courts, I think Pelivo played on court one from Polish guys and Sopolinski, who's also for playing for Olivia Olympia Poznań. So it doesn't even make sense. Obviously, you want either a great match on center or, po- or Polish players. And Niklas Salmin and Krutik, that, that's not really like anything. And and uh, the same goes for Krutik and Torres. I mean, it's one of the best qualities matches. But it's not good enough to be better than Kashnikovsky Moleker, for example. Uh, it, it's idiotic. I, I hate it. And in terms of the other qualities, wildcards, I mean, Kashnikovsky is here. Sopolinski, I guess, is a local local guy, so it's fine. Uh, the, the Tomasz Berketa also got one. I didn't even know of this guy, but apparently he was chosen by Tennis Europe as one of the, as the best uh, under sixteen player. Uh, at some point and I mean but he was just sent there today to to, he he couldn't do it I mean he he just couldn't he's 15 still and he uh, this was his professional debut so I I don't hate the wild card but I hate the fact that Shimon Kelan wasn't there I know because I also overheard it that they actually contacted Kelan on Saturday because they realized that Odikowski is probably not coming. He injured his shoulder in a futures quarterfinal in Bucharest on Friday. So they realized that he wasn't coming and they called called up Kelan, but apparently he, he wasn't available anymore or something. I, I'm not sure. And Zhuk isn't even playing this event because he had to play Superliga, which is also oh. stupid because... The, this team that he plays, Wortzakate Grodzisk Mazowiecki, is the best one, probably. And they have such a, a wide lineup. And yet they probably like the contract said that he had to play or something. But because otherwise, if he got a major wildcard, he w- could have easily played both things. And this was actually held in Poznan as well, because uh, Grodzisk mm-hmm. Mazowiecki was playing with Azetes Poznan. And Azetes Poznan was the, the host. Poznan has to... Uh, two teams in the Superliga. Anyhow, enough about the wild cards. I think. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah. Well, why? Uh, why? Why didn't? Why didn't Chesh get one? Um, um, 
Chash was on the entry list initially, and he would have gotten in simply, uh, but he withdrew because he had to play oh. Superliga. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> He's playing for uh, Ustron. Uh, I can't remember the name of the team. Why, why, why would they Why would they schedule this to hurt their, their challenger event? Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, it, 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 it isn't during the challenger event, but during the challenger qualifying. And I actually also heard uh, this, uh, this I actually didn't over, overhear that a player told me that they would really want the Superliga to be held on Saturday because then they can't play Challenger qualies. You know, that, 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 that is uh, an issue uh, that mm-hmm. a lot of players have. And that's why uh, the, the first tie was actually held on Saturday, the one Olympia Poznan played because it's at the same venue. But otherwise, the, also guys like Krutik would have, you know, would probably have to do double duty or something. So uh, I don't know. It, it is very weird. Uh, there's a lot of. Um, I, I'm not sure if many people are talking about this. They probably are unaware. But the the, the mess in the organizational sense is is weird. But it's not really the the tournament's fault. It's the tournament's fault, though. For for the wild cards, uh, I mean, Chash, I, I I can understand not get, not being given one because he's twenty seven, so that's or twenty eight even. I think he's already twenty eight. So so that's understandable. But at the same time, they gave a qualis wild card to Pelivo, but Chash probably couldn't come for for the Superliga. But not gi- not giving Michalski or Zhuk the the wild card that Setkic got is just really stupid. And the fact that Kelam didn't get it uh, in the first place that's uh, that's also just. Uh, wild to me hopefully the other uh, the other polish challengers will do a better job at this yeah so maybe enough about the wild cards uh i don't think there's anyone that really surprised me in the qualies like in the positively so far uh a lot of players whom i thought are going to be playing great they did uh, like lukas gerich maybe the opponent wasn't that strong but gerich had a very good run in troisdorf and generally whenever i watch him it feels like he's so much better than his ranking uh, perhaps I just run into his good performances. Moleker again, whom I mentioned earlier, uh, he he's just in really good form right now. Um, perhaps not as as huge as uh, when he won that Hellburn event like five years ago or something like that. Uh, but uh, uh, but but yeah, he's he's just uh, playing really well right now. I'm very excited for Krutik Torres. Krutik actually struggled with Niklas Salminen a lot more than I think he he you know that, that I thought he would. But on Saturday he played Barrera in the Superliga, and that was a very good match. Uh, so, so I'm I'm excited for it. Uh, Juan Bautista Torres, he just didn't really have, you know, he had a walking by of an opponent. I I don't even after this match I can't even tell anything about Berketa's potential or anything because it's impossible. He's just 15. He couldn't do anything. Literally, he 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 was just so inconsistent from the ground. There was some some solid hitting. The serve was good for for 15. That's for sure. Ayupovic had a very strong performance. Uh, I will. Some guys were just horror shows like Fatutin or sadly my favorite Jeremy Jan. Uh, he was he was just awful. Uh, three guys in the qualies, uh, three poles made made it through the first round of the qualies, and I think the tournament is really hoping they will get through because. If not, they only have one guy in the main row, and it's Janovic. So you don't really, yeah. you don't really know. And Janovic, uh, this I have to mention, also played in the Superliga today. Uh, he played, uh, he plays for the Kategorii Mozowiecki as well, like Zhuk. and he won against Przemysław Michotski, I think. 
I, if you don't know the guy, no worries. I mean, he played one ITF last year. And before that, I think he played a few in 2015. Uh, so this win gives us little to no info on where Yeji is. Uh, it was a 6-7-6 to seven, six victory. Uh, so it gives us nothing. But the qualities, I mean, they, they don't, they, the qualifiers don't look that threatening. So I think Janovic can actually beat one of them. Uh, and then like Barrios Vera, Arnaboldi, if he's playing well and fit physically, that's also not out of his range. So I don't know. I, I, I don't have high expectations. Uh, I'm willing to be pleasantly surprised. And a fun fact, and I think what, I don't know if it's fun, but uh, I think most people wouldn't expect it. I actually have never seen Jerzy Janowicz play live. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, in, in, in the doubles, we also have Borg Setkic with another wild card, uh, which is just yeah. <laughs> weird to see. The other one is, is Kravchenko and Pelivo. Uh, so we'll see what they do. But yeah, a couple of Polish They're players They're playing each here. other in the in the final qualities round, by the way. Mm-hmm. Reese plays with uh, Valkov. Uh, no, no Matuszewski, no Zielinski either. Um, but yeah, in 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 the main draw, who, who Zielinski like? was in the in Paris like up until uh, oh, is he? Okay. yesterday maybe he lost uh, right. he lost witness to Glasspool and Heliovara, I think. So, so mm-hmm. I think that's the reason why Zielinski is missing. Although actually, with his current ranking, I'm not sure he. He would have wanted to play Poznan. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in 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 the main draw, uh, who who do you like for the for the title out of here? I haven't really given this that much thought. I I know Tseng seems like a pretty natural pick, given he has a walking by of an opponent in the second round, uh, and also the section isn't that strong. Popko is very out of form. Yanovich. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I kind of like it. But honestly, if he plays someone like Galan in the quarters, even if he won two rounds, I don't see it happening at all. Um, Laksonen was out of form until he played a very decent match against Martinez at Roland Garros, but do I trust him right now? Not really. Uh, could go for some sort of a hero call like Shevchenko. No, not really. Guinard Barrer is a very interesting first on matchup. If Barrer brought the level from the Krutek match on Saturday and from Paris, it's possible that he might even be winning this. But then again, I still don't trust him on clay that much. Uh, by the way, it was it was also quite interesting to see on Saturday because it was raining. It was ter- terrible weather. Today it was fantastic, but during the Superliga match it was awful. And Barrer was like uh, having a huge uh, temper tantrum because uh, the lines were wet. And he was basically saying that it's crazy, uh, you know, showing the umpire that how he's sliding on them. Uh, and then the umpire would get off and in his in his shoes, like just normal Adi does something, he it wouldn't really have the same effect. So uh, Barrera was just constantly talking about how it's uh, crazy that they're going to get injured and that it's obvious that in these shoes, he was like asking the umpire, do you want my shoes? Do you want my shoes? You can try it in my shoe. But the umpire obviously didn't, uh, didn't really like that proposition. The, the supervisor came. He also said that the court is fine. Uh, both Krutik and Barrera didn't think so. Uh, but but yeah, they kind of had to finish it because apparently there's some holes in the Superliga uh, in terms of what to do when we don't finish a match on the on a given day, uh, but anyhow, that, that's just an just an off topic. 
I don't think Barrer was like, uh, I, I, he was still very, you know, he wasn't angry, like violent. He wasn't anything. He was just um, kind of calmly talking to the empire. I'm not saying he, he did anything wrong there. Uh, it's tough to say without actually stepping on the court who was right. Anyhow, I think I do have to go with Tseng. Uh, Uku Karabelli could be an interesting pick in that section full of qualifiers, and he did well at the French, even though after after he had this weird weird accident, after his first match, he couldn't really touch Ojalasim. Rindernech, I don't trust right now because he had his clay season pretty much destroyed, didn't play that well against Public in the first round at Paris, although Public was fantastic, uh, which sounds weird for a clay match. So I think I'm, yeah. After this very long uh, thought, I am going to go with Chun Sin Tseng. Nice. Yeah, I also wrote down initially Tseng, but I just noticed I've, I've already picked four top seeds. Oh. So I I think I have to go make it five. Obviously, Rinderknecht, he wouldn't be my pick. He probably might be like fourth or fifth uh, for me. Uh, but you know the first two rounds, I, I quite like Justino and then a qualifier. Ukarabe in the quarters is going to be tricky. Um, you know what? Because you picked Rinderneich and you sort of did it for fun, right? I mean, just just to have five top seats. And yes. that's, there's something I really want to do, and I feel like now I can do that because Rinderneich prob- probably isn't winning this, and. I, I, you know, I have to. Jerzy Janowicz, screw it. Jerzy Janowicz, I'm picking Jerzy Janowicz. I, I really want to see it happen, you know? I, I I want him to have a good run here just for the <laughs> fact that he's probably going to be, like, forced is not a good word, but uh, he's gonna he's, he's just going to have the idea that he should continue playing. And I really want that, to see that happen. And if he, but if he pulls out, I'm going to kill the guy. Because I, as I as I mentioned on, on, on one show before, I think uh, I I had like at first it was the tickets, then I was accredited to a, to an event uh, where Yezhyanovich was playing like five times already, and he pulled out every single time. And it wasn't even recently in, in these comebacks, but also it started in 2013 when I went to Warsaw to watch Poland Australia Davis Cup. The, the, the lineup was still great. I mean, I, I at, at the time I thought that I was probably going to see Ezijanovic someplace else, but it turns out that no. And I actually even watched him practice a few times. That's crazy that I watched him live practicing three or four times, and I You've haven't seen, seen him play. Yeah, and I haven't <laughs> seen him play. So right now, I I would be really pissed if he withdrew. But I'm I suppose if he plays Superliga and this is going to be like this big event where he after which he decides what to do, then I suppose he's definitely going to, to show up. And he's been in Poznan since like Friday, I think. Yeah, it's definitely hero call, much more of a hero call than my pick, I think, because I think that he's much more likely to win this event than Janowicz is, with all due respect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like it. I will also be cheering uh, Janowicz on despite your pick uh, because, I mean, I don't really see him as a threat for the title, but I do want him to, you know, reach the quarters, I think would be maybe a bit of a push, but but, but I think realistic. I think looking past Galan uh, it would yeah, be Yeah, but I think quarters would be enough for him to continue playing, right? Yeah, I mean, I if he be Barrios Vera or, or Anaboldi, if if he's if he's you know if if his if his service firing if his forehand's firing it, it it would be it would be doable I think. 
yeah right? yeah <laughs> so yeah it, it seems like i i was just checking up the the head-to-head between janovic and arna boldi because i felt like they must they they definitely played before and yeah they met in in, in the semis at stockholm but that can't be the the atp event yeah there has to be a challenger which is not signed here and Bo- actually Bostad, so probably the yeah, the, the ATP 250 event. Uh, three times. Anyhow, they played three times and Janowicz has to head to head to head 3-0. Anyhow, uh, yeah, this is going to be it. Uh, fantastic week for challengers, really. Uh, yeah. You've got the second week of a slam where there's not that much action, so you can easily check out these, these events. Uh, 19 top 100 players competing, wearing any withdrawals. I think I counted it before after tabilo withdrew but i'm not sure so maybe uh maybe there's 18 but I, i'm not gonna check it now anyhow uh thanks for listening thanks if you stayed with us and uh see you in a week when we're going to discuss poznan very heavily and also obviously surbiton uh little rock uh forley and prostev Pro- Pro- I, I, that's not how it's pronounced in czech but i you know i'm not gonna make a, a shitty attempt so yeah I will prost you. Um, but yes, bye. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hope all of you enjoyed another ATP Challenger-centric of this podcast from Crack Rackets contributors Damian Kustin, Jakob Bobro. I know I say it every week. I mean it each time I do. You will never find two people more ensconced on the Challenger beat, more passionate, more focused, more intelligent about all things happening on the ATP Challenger Tour than these two. So again... A massive thank you to Damien and Jakob for their continued support, for their continued efforts here on this show. Of course, as I mentioned at the top, we got plenty of content for all of you listeners this week as we try to play catch up and keep you apprised on all of the latest developments happening across the tennis world. We'll have our final college tennis-centric episode of the season. I shouldn't say our final, but our last one focused on the 2022 season this week with Colette Lewis and John Parsons. We're talking all things French Open over on the mini break podcast feed. Of course, all of that content available at CrackedRackets.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. Of course, like, rate, subscribe, review to each of our shows. Share them with your friends. If you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at AL Gruskin. A shout out as always to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the f- of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of this content possible. Shout out to our friends at Turna as well. Remember, you can join the Turna team today by contacting sales at uniquesports.com. With all of that said, for our fantastic host, Damien Kustin, Jakob Bobro, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, friends at Turner, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. Hey, great shot. And we will see you all later this week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.